0: If you'll be really quiet for a moment,
1: you'll hear the river. I've brought you to the Kabar River, and it's in your many Bibles, it says C H E B A R. I believe that is a hard K, like Chesed. Uh, Khabar, Kabar. Some Bibles say K E B A R. (laughs) Kabar. So we will see that Ezekiel receives the word of the Lord when he is by the river Kabar in Babylonia. And I will talk about when he is taken captive into the Babylon Babylonian area in a little bit. This will be the fourth teaching for me of the book of ezekiel and the book of ezekiel is very special to me god has used it in my life in a variety of ways so it's just just very meaningful i want to give you an overview of the book of ezekiel by using a timeline and a scroll Ezekiel was given a scroll by the Lord. This is one artist's picture of that. So I have a theme of scrolls around the room. And so the book of Ezekiel covers a lot. I had one pastor's wife tell me that when she studied through this book, it helped her like understand the whole Bible. So Ezekiel mentions things that go all the way back to the time of Adam. And it goes all the way to the future millennial kingdom doesn't take us into the new heavens and the new earth time period. But that's the whole thing of history and future is on the scroll. So regarding the time of Adam in Ezekiel thirty-six thirty-five, the Lord says, this land, and he's referring to Israel. This is the promise of what he's going to do. This land has become like the Garden of Eden. So Ezekiel knew what Genesis said about the Garden of Eden and they were, this is part of the promise of what God is going to do for the nation of Israel. Noah himself is mentioned in this book I didn't put that verse up there and then um, the Abrahamic covenant is referred to many times Genesis 12 3 says I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you God said that to Abraham but it also applies to the nation that was created through Abraham the nation of Israel and in Ezekiel 25 through 32 that's a big chunk of chapters and I love that Ezekiel is so organized he These are chapters of judgment against nations around Israel. And they are going to be judged. Ammon, Moab, Edom, Philistia, Tyre, Egypt. They're judged because they are rejoicing and they're attacking when Israel is being attacked. And that was the wrong thing to do. They weren't blessing. They were cursing. Joseph was in Egypt and Israel was developed as a nation in Egypt. And Ezekiel 23, 3 refers back to that time period. And the Lord says they committed harlotry in Egypt. So even back then, Israel was uh, worshiping idols and not seeking the Lord the way they should. Moses was leading the Israelites out through the Exodus and then wandering in the wilderness. Ezekiel 20 refers back to that time. The Lord says, I made them go out of the land and brought them into the land, um, oh, into the wilderness. I gave them my statutes and showed them my judgments. This is the time of the Ten Commandments. Looking back, God says, I told you what is required of you. Joshua led the Israelites into Canaan, the conquest of Canaan. This time is referred back to in Ezekiel 16.1. Ezekiel chapter 16 is a long chapter, and it is a story of Israel as a woman who was born and then how she grew up and lived and behaved. The Lord says, Your birth and nativity are from the land of Canaan. So Abraham traveled through Canaan, begin with and then joshua led them into the land of canaan and the nation of israel then had that land okay um let me see. i think i'll come over here there's nothing really about the period of judges or king saul saul began around the 1000 bc time and the years that i have noted on this timeline are what i found as i was studying the years Going back in history and putting the exact year is, is, um, is challenging, and different people have different dates. They're off by a year or two here or there. So the years that I've got on your calendar are the years and times that I'm used to seeing as the date. Um, okay, so around 1,000, King David reigns and King Solomon reigns. And Ezekiel sixteen fourteen says, Your fame went out among the nations because of your beauty. Under Solomon's reign, he was very wealthy. Israel was respected and gifts were brought to Solomon. So it refers back to that time. After Solomon, the kingdom is divided into the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. There were good kings and bad kings. Ezekiel 16, we're still in that chapter, says, You played the harlot, building shrines, high places, and worshiping idols. And Ezekiel 22 lists the sins of Jerusalem. It's very specific. Bloodshed, idolatry. You oppressed strangers. You mistreated the fatherless. You despised holy things. You profaned Sabbath. You have forgotten me. 609. We've gone from a thousand to the 600s now. 609. King Jehoahaz reigns for three months, and King Jehoiakim reigns nine years and those are two J kings and there's another one coming Nebuchadnezzar invades Judah and takes his first group of captives in 606 Daniel is among the first group of captives that is taken into the Babylonian era uh, area and this is the beginning of the 70 years of exile of Israel when Daniel is taken 606 the first captivity what happens next? Nebuchadnezzar attacks Jerusalem and takes his second group of captives. And at this time, he takes King Jehoiachin, which is a different J, and he's about 18 years old. And he takes Ezekiel in this second group and 10,000 cap- 10, other Israelites. And then Nebuchadnezzar crowns Mataniah as the king over Israel, and he changes his name to Zedekiah. Why? I mean, is this enough names for us to keep track of? We got to change one, but um, that's 598. Let me just do this a little bit. Just tighten it up there. Okay, great, great, great. So 598, five years after Ezekiel is taken captive, 593, he says at the beginning of his book, Ezekiel chapter one, verse two, in the fifth year. So it's the fifth year of Ezekiel's captivity. Fifth year, fourth month, fifth day, Ezekiel sees the glory of the Lord, and he's called as prophet. So he's been, uh, I just can't imagine the grief and misery he's been experiencing out of Israel, in the area of the river at Kebar, and the Lord comes and shows himself and shows his glory and calls him and gives him this message and tells him what he's going to have to do. 592 BC, Ezekiel chapter 8. This is the sixth year. So one year later from the first vision, Ezekiel sees the glory of the Lord Again, vision of idolatry in Jerusalem and the temple. And he sees the glory of the Lord depart the temple, depart from Jerusalem. I don't know that that means that that's the date or time that the glory of the Lord departed the temple. I'll see if I can do some research. But I don't think we really know when that exactly happened. (laughs) Next year, 591 B.C., Ezekiel chapter 20 says in the 7th year, 5th month, 10th day, elders of Israel come to Ezekiel to inquire of the Lord. Where these elders of Israel come from? They're part of this Daniel noble princes and then these 10,000 others. So these are the Israelites who are in captivity already around and the Lord is giving his message to those who are in this area of Babylon. There are still lots of people back in Israel. So that's not who Ezekiel's talking to. He's talking to those who are with him the Lord's talking to those who are with him. 588, Ezekiel chapter 24 says, in the ninth year, 10th month, 10th day, this very day, the king of Babylon started his siege against Jerusalem. So Nebuchadnezzar had already been twice. He'd already taken captives twice, but now he comes and he is going to build siege works and surround Jerusalem. He wants to starve them out. He wants to weaken them, distress them. And that will make his, taking of the city easier when they are in a weak state so ezekiel is told today it has happened today so in chapter 24 we have that record and in chapter 24 we have the information that ezekiel's wife dies this is one of the things that the lord is going to allow in ezekiel's life to use as an illustration as a demonstration ezekiel is going to be told how he is not to mourn the death of his wife. And it's an illustration of how the Lord feels about Jerusalem. Jerusalem is precious in the sight of the Lord. And they're going to be destroyed, demolished. His temple is going to be burned down. And it has to happen. So while it's meaningful to the Lord, it's judgment. And we will see in earlier chapter, seven. I will not spare, I will not have pity. So um, I'm not saying the Lord doesn't care, but it has to happen because of their behavior. And Ezekiel has to demonstrate the Lord's emotion and not mourn when his wife dies. And I just, as I think about it, like, wow, this may be the hardest thing that Ezekiel was called to do. There is so much Strange, (laughs) prophetic illustration that the Lord is going to require of Ezekiel. It all is hard, but this may be the hardest thing. 587, this is the 11th year of captivity, and my my lists are out of order, so also in the 10th year, Ezekiel chapter 29. Um, So in the 10th year and the 11th year, Ezekiel receives proclamations against Egypt and proclamations against Tyre. This comes at a very specific and particular point in time. He receives this message after Jerusalem, the siege has begun against Jerusalem. Why would Israel need to know that the Lord is going to judge Egypt? Israel's always been talking about going back to Egypt and looking to Egypt for help. So now Nebuchadnezzar is besieging Jerusalem. He's going to destroy Jerusalem and Israel wants to get help from Egypt, but the Lord's going to judge Egypt. So that is a message in a way of like, don't go back to Egypt. All right, over here where it might be hard to see on the screens for the Zoomers, it says Tishabav. This is the ninth day of the fourth month. This is the year 586. This is like the date that I know 586 B- BC as the date that Jerusalem was destroyed. And Tishabav. Is a very specific day. It is in the records. It's a historical fact that that is the day that Nebuchadnezzar destroys Jerusalem in like full and and breaks in and starts burning the temple down. And from that time, he takes Jerusalem, uh, Judah, the southern kingdom of Judah, like all the people captive to Babylon. And when I say Babylon, still it's the area. I'm not saying they all went to the city of Babylon. Uh, He takes King Zedekiah to Babylon. He thought he would escape, but he was not able to do that. He takes the furnishings of the temple to Babylon. Uh, Later, you can look at the things up on the um, posters. There are carvings of soldiers carrying like, it's not on this picture, but the menorah. So away from Israel to Babylon in 585. So now it's after the attack. Ezekiel records, in the 12th year of his captivity, in the 10th month, fifth day, a messenger from Jerusalem tells Ezekiel the city has been captive. So it took a year for Ezekiel to learn about it. He didn't get a text, right? And um, he wasn't there and God didn't tell him. Well, did he? he didn't tell him this day it's been taken. He, the Lord let a messenger come and bring the news. And it took about a year for that to happen. Ezekiel 32 is the 12th year. There's another lamentation for Pharaoh in Egypt. Egypt will go down to the pit. And then 573. Um, oh, that's, well, anyway, more of like Egypt. Okay, Jerusalem's been captured. Don't go to Egypt. They did. They did. <laughs> the stragglers, the few who were left in Israel, went down to Egypt ezekiel chapter 40 we will get to the 40s and this is the 25th year of ezekiel's captivity and it says the beginning of the year the 10th day 14 years after the city has been captured again ezekiel is so specific with his dates he tells us when it is (laughs) because the lord makes it clear too but he's been keeping track he's in exile He's keeping track of where he is and how long it's been. Ezekiel sees a vision of the new city, the new city of Jerusalem and the new temple that the Lord will build. So chapters 40 through 48 are going to be a big, long, intricate description of the temple and the land and the city and what God is gonna do in the future for the nation of Israel. This, just think, 14 years, they have been in misery, lamenting the fall of Jerusalem, lamenting with all of the captives now of Israel. Israel as a people group is not home in their land. They're in Babylon. What's going to happen to them? 14 years, they are given hope through the message of the Lord. In 571... Ezekiel twenty nine seventeen says, "This is the twenty seventh year, first month, first day. Nebuchadnezzar will plunder Egypt. One more time, just reminding you, Egypt's going down. Um, so, <laughs> uh, don't don't be dependent on Egypt. Now, in five sixty, this is the thirty seventh year of exile. <laughs> this information is uh, in Second Kings, I think." And King Jehoiachin, the guy that was about eighteen when he was taken captive, he is released from prison and set on the throne is Babylon. In Babylon, he is recognized as the king of Israel. And David's seed continues through King Jehoiachin. Five thirty six is the fall of Babylon and the decree of Cyrus and the end of the exile. And Cyrus says, Israel, you can go back and I'm going to send you. I'm going to fund you. You can take your things back. So it's the end of the 70 year exile. Zerubbabel and captives, many captives, not all, but many return to Jerusalem and begin rebuilding the temple. So let's roll it up a little bit okay. just, just um, to the end of the exile. And after the exile while Israel is stopped before Malachi. Um, Thank you. And uh, Malachi is the last prophet of the Old Testament that we have on record. He is the last one to speak the words of the Lord to the nation of Israel. And after those words, there are 400 years of silence until Jesus is born. The word of God now speaks through the person of Jesus. He is the word of God around 5, 4 BC, his birth, uh, death and resurrection around 33 AD. And after that time we have been in the church age so this is where we are now we're in the church age well we're after 1948 right (laughs) (laughs) so tishabav happened again the ninth day of the fourth month if i've got that right when the temple was destroyed the temple that herod built was destroyed by the romans and this was a judgment on the nation of israel because they rejected jesus as their messiah and the temple was destroyed. So from that point forward, from 70 AD, Israel was dispersed throughout the world and they are still dispersed throughout the world. You may know, May 14th, 1948 is a key world-changing moment when Israel was created again as a nation, a true geopolitical entity recognized around the world today and uh, back to their land. But not all Jews around the world went back to Israel. It was actually so hard for them to get back to Israel when that happened. It blows my mind. Like, why was it so hard? Why was there so much conflict uh, against them coming back? But God has been bringing them back ever since. He uses all kind of events to bring back his people to the land. The war in Ukraine has been... uh, uh, a catalyst for Jews in Ukraine and Russia to go back to Israel. So that is a beginning of the fulfillment of the promise that God made in Ezekiel 37, 2, which said, I will bring them into their own land. 1948 did not uh, completely fulfill that promise because they're still around the world. And there are, there are more Jews around the world than there are in the nation of Israel. I think I have that right. So... um What's next on the timeline? There doesn't have to be anything in history, in Bible prophecy. Nothing has to happen before rapture. There may be events that do fulfill biblical prophecy but that happened before rapture, but nothing is required to happen before rapture. In Ezekiel 38 and 39, we see the description of the war of Gog. Gog is a person, and um, Magog is the territory that he is from. And I, my understanding, my reading of that and the putting it on the timeline is right after rapture, but it's very disputed. There's a lot of disagreement of where that war fits. We'll get to that in, like, March so, <laughs> keep coming. That may be why y'all are here, to hear about Ezekiel 38 and 39. But we, you have to wait for it. We're, we're waiting for uh, some things. All right, the tribulation is sev- a seven-year period, and at the end of the tribulation where the Jews have been persecuted terribly, they are going to come to the point where they're like, we need Jesus, we realize, and this will be a national Revival of Israel. They will call on Jesus. They will repent of their sins of rejecting him. They will repent of their sins individually. Salvation is an individual issue. But there will be a national revival of Israel. Have revival. They will have life from the dead. That's what Ezekiel chapter 37 is about. Those dry bones is when God breathes his spirit of life into those dead bodies. So right now, that's the situation of Israel. The nation of Israel, if they do not know Jesus as their Savior right now, they are dead bodies. They are what is depicted in Ezekiel 37. But the day is coming. Ezekiel 36, God says, I will sprinkle clean water on you. I will put a new heart in you and give you a new spirit. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk within my statutes. So this is going to be the time of national revival, salvation. All Israel will be saved. Jesus will return. Jesus will reign as king on the throne in Jerusalem. The millennial temple that we're going to see described in Ezekiel 40 through 48 will be visible. We will see it. It's going to be beautiful because it's going to be reflecting the holiness of the Lord. It is holy territory. And, um... So Ezekiel sees that vision, and that is what I understand to be during the millennial kingdom of 1,000 years where Jesus is reigning on earth in person to people who are mortals just like you. You won't be mortals then. You will be in your glorified bodies and serving those mortals. And Ezekiel 40, 40 through 8 talks about sacrifices and festivals that are reinstated. And the way the book ends is that the glory of the Lord came into the temple. And the name of the city from that day shall be Jehovah Shema. Um, The Lord is there. So Ezekiel sees the glory of the Lord like the awe-inspiring, overwhelming, indescribable. We don't have words for it. uh, The glory of the Lord. He sees that three different times for sure, maybe a little bit more. I can't remember. He sees it at the beginning. Where is he when he sees it? He's at the river Kabar in Babylon. By the end of the book, the story is the glory of the Lord is back in Israel. Israel has a future. Israel has hope. And God is going to be faithful to his word. So, how encouraging is that? Even though Ezekiel lived out his life and I, I guess he died in the Babylonian area, he was not among those who went back to Israel, as far as I know. But he knew what the Lord would do in the future. And that it's just like so exciting that he had that message to share with those in, is in captivity with him. They needed to hear that message of hope. So that gives you a historical and eschatological view of the book of Ezekiel from the ancient history to the distant future. All right, that is that scroll. As I said, Ezekiel received scrolls, the scroll from the Lord, and he was to read um, what was written in the scroll. So I want to read to you from Ezekiel chapter 2, verse 9. You don't need to turn to your Bibles. Just let me read from this scroll. (laughs) And he says, now when I looked, there was a hand stretched out to me. And behold, a scroll of a book was in it. Then he spread it before me, and there was writing on the inside and on the outside, and written on it were lamentations and mourning and woe. Moreover, he said to me, Son of man, eat what you find. Eat this scroll and go speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he caused me to eat that scroll. He said to me, Son of man, feed your stomach and fill your belly with this scroll I am giving to you. So I ate it, and it was sweet like honey in my mouth the scroll that was full of lamentations and mourning and woe. It's very, it's a sobering message. It was hard for Ezekiel to receive it. It impacted him emotionally. You will read about that. But he did take this word of the Lord and it was sweet like honey in his mouth. So God's word is what we need. It is a sweet message to us, even if it is hard truth it's what we need to hear so i hope that we'll be able to remember that as we are studying through the the hard messages of prophecy that we will come across because he received the scroll with the words of the lord and the um, understanding what he was going to do i have scrolls by the river kibar and what i want to do now is ask you uh, who are close by, and, and there are about 15 of them, so I would, like, I would like you ladies, some of you, to pick up a scroll, and I'm going to ask you to read it. I am going to come to you with a microphone and have you read it.
0: And <laughs> the word of the Lord about his glory. Fire engulfing itself, four living creatures, wheels within wheels, the likeness of a throne, and on it, the appearance of a man high above it. Like the appearance of a rainbow in a cloud, so was the appearance of the brightness all around it. This was the appearance of the glory of the Lord by the river Kebar, Ezekiel 1. In the vision of the temple in Jerusalem, the glory of the Lord departed from the threshold of the temple, Ezekiel 10:18. In the vision of the future city, he brought me to the gate that faces toward the east and behold, the glory of God of the God of Israel came from the way of the east, and the glory of the Lord came into the temple. Ezekiel 43 1, 2, and 4.
1: When you read the glory of the Lord in the book of Ezekiel, you're going to see it's talking about what he saw in chapter 1, and you're hopefully going to get uh, just let the Lord lead your imagination when you're reading that this week. Don't look at any pictures or anything. Just, just read chapter 1. I'm going to show you some pictures next week <laughs> and help you just imagine some things. But um, read it first for yourself. And then throughout the book of Ezekiel, the glory of the Lord is a very specific manifestation of the presence of the Lord to him. All right. here we go. One, two, the word of the Lord about his holiness. Therefore say to the house of Israel, Thus says the Lord God, I do not do this for your sake, O house of Israel, but for my holy name's sake, which you have profaned among the nations wherever you went. And I will sanctify my great names, and the nations shall know that I am the Lord, says the Lord God, when I am hallowed in you before their eyes. Ezekiel thirty-six twenty-three
0: to 24 22, 23.
1: We'll come back to that verse in a little while later this morning.
0: The word of the Lord about the Messiah. Now to you, O profane, wicked prince of Israel, whose day has come, whose iniquity shall end. Thus says the Lord God, Remove the turban and take off the crown. Nothing shall remain the same. Exalt the humble and humble the exalted. Overthrown, overthrown, I will make it overthrown; it shall be no longer until he comes whose right it is, and I will give it to him. Ezekiel, Ezekiel twenty-one twenty-five to twenty-seven. And then I will establish one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them. My servant David; he shall feed them and be their shepherd. Ezekiel thirty-four twenty-three.
1: From that time when the Lord said, Overthrown, overthrown. There has not been a rightful king of, of the line of David on the throne of Israel. Overthrown, overthrown, overthrown. One translation says something like, Topsy-turvy, topsy-turvy. I mean, everything's turned upside down because Israel's going to be without a king. Because the rightful one, Jesus, is going to be made king. Um, yeah, he is king, but he will be placed on the throne. Let me just reach over here. Oh, i got oh, Excuse me, <laughs>
0: The word of the Lord, giving hope. Thus says the Lord God, although I have cast them far off among the Gentiles and though, and although I have scattered them among the countries, yet I shall be a little sanctuary for them in the countries where they have gone. Ezekiel eleven sixteen. I will accept you as a sweet aroma when I bring you out from the peoples and gather you out of the countries where you have been scattered. And I will be hallowed in you before the Gentiles. Ezekiel 20, 41.
1: There's bad news, but there's hope. There's bad news, and they're away from the land, but God is going to let them know him and be among them.
0: The word of the Lord about the land. Judgment. For I will make the land desolate. Her arrogant strength shall cease, and the mountains of Israel shall be so desolate that no one will pass through. Then they shall know that I am the Lord, when I have made the land most desolate because of all of their abominations which they have committed. Ezekiel thirty three, twenty eight and twenty nine. And restoration. Therefore, prophecy concerning the land of Israel, you, O mountain, shall shoot forth your branches and yield your fruit to my people Israel, for they are about to come. For indeed, I am for you, and I will turn to you, and you shall be tilled and sown. I will make you inhabited as in former times, and do better for you than at your beginnings. Ezekiel 36, 6, 8 through 11.
1: Throughout the book of Ezekiel, we're going to see lots of bad news, bad news, bad news, judgment, 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 but... Promise, hope, good news, good news. The good news s- is so much better than the bad news. So just keep that in mind as you're studying through the bad news parts. There is good news coming. The word of the Lord about his sovereignty. Son of man, turn towards Sidon and prophecy against it. Say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am against you, Sidon, and I will magnify myself in your midst. Then they will know that I am the Lord when I execute judgments on her, and reveal my sovereign power in her. Ezekiel twenty eight, twenty one through twenty two. Thank you. Judgment against Sidon. The word of the
0: Lord about a new city and a new temple. In the visions of God he took me into the Lord of Israel and set me on a very high mountain. On it toward the south was something like the structure of a city. Now there was a wall all around the outside of the temple. Ezekiel 40, verses 2, 4, and 5. We're going to
1: want to be architects and interior designers and all that kind of thing when we start reading about the temple.
0: The word of the Lord pronounces judgment. My eye will not spare, nor will I have pity. I will repay you according to your ways. Ezekiel 7, 9. I will judge you, O house of Israel, everyone according to his ways. Ezekiel 18.30 Can your heart endure, or can your hands remain strong in the days when I shall deal with you? I, the Lord, have spoken and will do it. I will scatter you among the nations, disperse you throughout countries, and remove your filthiness completely from you. Ezekiel 22.14
1: There's such bad news there. I remember Ezekiel's chapter 7 studying, in it, it's sobering and... Uh, yet at the end, I will remove your filthiness from you. God has a purpose in what he's doing. He has a purpose in these hard times and in his judgment. It's, it's disciplinary. It's to teach us things. Good morning. Good morning. The word of the Lord about the Holy Spirit. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of fl- flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep any judgments and do them Ezekiel 36:26 and 27 and I will not hide my face from them anymore for I shall have poured out my spirit on the house of Israel says the Lord Ezekiel 39:29 Ezekiel is a book about the holy spirit about his holy spirit that's uh the verse about the new covenant so that's promise found in this book the word of the lord about the obedience of ezekiel son of man prepare your belongings for captivity and go into captivity by day in their sight dig through the wall in their sight and carry your belongings out through it so i did as i was commanded Ezekiel 12, verses 3, 5, and 7. Ezekiel is an obedient servant. He does what he's commanded, and that phrase will show up. And that um, (laughs) is the example to us. And I want to be obedient like Ezekiel was obedient. I don't really want God to tell me to do some of the things that he told Ezekiel to do. But (laughs) I want to be obedient to what he tells me to do. I think this is a really good news. It says the, the word of the Lord, it, the word of the Lord about His covenant. I will remember my covenant with you in the days of your youth, and I will establish an everlasting covenant with you. Ezekiel sixteen sixty. You're right. It is good news. Amen. His covenant, and He is faithful to what He has promised. So,
0: the word of the Lord about the sins of Israel, son of man. When a land sins against me, my persistent unfaithfulness, I will stretch out my hand against it, and I will cut off its supply of bread. I will send famine on it and cut off man and beast from it. Ezekiel 14, 13. Your, uh, you erected your shrine at the head of every road, and you built your high place in every street. Ezekiel sixteen thirty one. Yuck.
1: Yuck. <laughs> So they're in trouble. (laughs) There's the facts. This is what you did. Here's why you're having judgment upon you. The word of the Lord about the sons of Zadok. The priests, the sons of Zadok, who kept charge of my sanctuary when the children of Israel went astray from me. They shall come near me to minister to me. They shall enter my sanctuary. They shall come near my table to minister to me. And they shall keep my charge. Ezekiel
0: forty four
1: fifteen 15-16. I hope y'all will get to know and remember the name Zadok and the man and his reputation and his obedience. And he is one of my heroes that I learned about through the book of Ezekiel. The word of the Lord on the history of Israel. Thus says the Lord God, This is Jerusalem. I have set her in the midst of the nations and the countries all around her. She has rebelled against my judgments by doing wickedness more than the nations and against my statutes more than all the countries that are around her. For they have refused my judgments and they have not walked in my statutes. Ezekiel 5, 5 and 6. Israel, precious, created by the Lord, people of the Lord, but they didn't do what they were supposed to do. I think this is the last one.
0: The word of the Lord giving promises for the future. I will make a covenant of peace with them, and it shall be an everlasting covenant with them. I will establish them and multiply them, and I will set my sanctuary in their midst forevermore. My tabernacle shall also be with them. Indeed, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. The nations also will know that I, the Lord, sanctify Israel when my sanctuary is in their midst forevermore. Ezekiel 37, verses 26, 27, and 28.
1: I just want to jump up and down about that one. It has not been fulfilled yet. His covenant of peace, and he will be there among them, and they will be prospering. That's Ezekiel chapter thirty-seven. That's the chapter that the dry bones are found in. But that is what should be remembered out of Ezekiel thirty-seven. The dry bones are an illustration of how he's gonna like. It's a it's a visual of what he's going to do, but is there peace in Israel now? No, this everlasting covenant has (laughs) not been fulfilled yet, but the time is coming. So we're going to study each of these verses in their context. We are going to start Ezekiel chapter 1 in your lesson. Just go one, two, three, four through the chapters. And we're going to learn much more about these truths. We're going to learn more about Israel, about Ezekiel, and about the Lord. This study is going to give you an overview of the history of Israel. And that is very important because the Lord's purpose in choosing Israel was for his holy name's sake it was for his own reputation he wanted to be and he will be glorified and magnified by Israel and what he does for his people Israel and then the nations of the world are going to know (laughs) know him as the Lord there's a little story that I want to share with you right now from history and I think it's very appropriate at this moment Frederick the Great, who was the (laughs) king of Prussia from 1740 to 1786, asked for proof that the Bible is true. And he was having a discussion with his court chaplain. Frederick was under the influence of the atheist philosopher Voltaire, and he had become skeptical about the reliability of the Bible. So he supposedly said to his chaplain, If your Bible really is true it ought to be capable of very easy proof so often when i've asked for proof of the inspiration of the bible i've been given some large tome that i've never i neither have the time nor desire to read if your bible is really from god you should be able to demonstrate the fact simply give me proof for the inspiration of the bible in a word is it true how do you know it's true Just think about what you might have said. What's one word to prove the reliability of the Bible? So about the chaplain, it says, perhaps he was equipped to offer a profound explanation for the king to consider, but he resorted to what was plain and obvious, something all the world could see. Your majesty, it is possible for me to answer your request literally, the chaplain replied. I can give you proof for the Bible in one word. Amazed, the king asked, What is this magic word that carries such a weight of proof? Israel, the chaplain said. And Frederick the Great of Prussia responded only with silence. Why is it important for us as Christians in the church age to know about Israel? To know that God has plans for Israel. Understanding the way that the Lord has dealt with Israel will magnify him in our eyes. And studying the book of Ezekiel, as we see what he wanted from them, what they did, what he did, this is going to help us see that the Lord keeps his word. He emphasizes that through Ezekiel to tell the Israelites he's going to do what he said he would do. They didn't think he was going to bring down Jerusalem and abandon his temple and bring the temple down. But the Bible, God's word, is reliable. The whole thing from Genesis to Revelation. The Lord is who he says he is and he will do what he says he will do. He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. All this is why I believe that God, that He's going to do for Israel. Israel is important. They have not been cast off and left for God to just fulfill all His promises to the church now. I do not believe that the church replaces Israel. So my timeline that I showed you, the end times timeline is a dispensational timeline, but it doesn't matter what the label is. Like, it echoes what the Bible says, that God has plans for Israel. I don't want to make promises to you about what's going to happen in your spiritual life. I do want you to anticipate what the Lord will do, but I'm not going to say he's going to do this and this and this. In you. But I will share what has happened in my life over time as I have studied this book. It is a precious book of the Bible to me. God has used it tremendously at different times in my life. My faith in the Word of God has been strengthened. I have been humbled before my sovereign God. He is God. He knows what what he's going to do, and I must humbly yield to him. I've been challenged to obey the Lord completely and be faithful, as Ezekiel and Zadok were. I have been moved to tears over the judgment carried out on Israel. It's hard. um, It's true. It had to happen. But it still is something to grieve. Sin is something to grieve over. So when you see it in your life, (laughs) grieve over the sin and repent. When you see sin around you, grieve over the sins of others in others' lives and pray for them. I've been convicted to examine my life for idolatry. We see that come up again and again in this book. I've been comforted and encouraged by the patience and faithfulness and love of the Lord. I am thankful. I'm thankful to live right now (laughs) during this time. And this is a time of grace and mercy and forgiveness. We are after the cross. We are after Pentecost. We are after the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. We are recipients of the new covenant. It has been somewhat fulfilled in our receiving of the Holy Spirit i am fascinated by the plan of the lord for israel and i am thrilled about the future that i know i'm going to be a part of i'm going to see it you're going to see it i think that those who study the prophecy of ezekiel will have a special treat in the millennial kingdom we will say we knew it was coming oh that's what ezekiel was talking about that's how that building is built there's this building connected to the temple that appears to almost look, maybe, I'll call it upside down. I will get to that. But like, wow, how all this is going to be laid out. It's huge. And it's holy. While the phrase, that you may know the Lord, is going to <laughs> be in your face every day to pick up your workbook. That's a good thing. This is repeated throughout the book of Ezekiel. It is our desire in the study that you may know the Lord. I think the one verse that is the most critical of the whole book, this is to me, Ezekiel thirty six twenty two. Thus says the Lord, I do not do this for your sake, O house of Israel, but for my holy name's sake, which you have profaned among the nations. The context of that verse is the renewal of Israel. He's going to... Save them. He's going to do a great amazing thing in the nation of Israel. They are going to be blessed. They're going to benefit. Uh, Like this is such a big deal that's going to happen to them. The land is going to just be fruitful and green and productive. Pete there'll be peace. There'll be so much blessing. But that you may know the Lord is not really about you. It's about Him. Knowing the Lord is about Him. He does what he does for his holy name's sake. When we know the Lord, we can glorify his name. It's about him. All the blessings that he gives us in knowing him enable us to magnify him. So let your interaction with the Lord show up in your life and on your face and as you're out and about and when you're driving. And when you're in the checkout line and when you're mingling with others, smile. Why are you smiling? Because you know the Lord, because you have peace, because you have hope. They might ask you why you're smiling. Why are you having a good day? <laughs> Let them know. <laughs> there are some, some really fun things that we're going to do in the midst of this um, overwhelming, challenging, long book of judgment. So I hope that you are now intrigued and excited. Um, Maybe you feel challenged. Just, Just go with us one day at a time, one lesson at a time. Come one week at a time. Be ready to study. I hope you are ready to study this book of the Bible.